Hello everybody, Ben Rogers here, the Raptors Digest, reacting to some Toronto Raptors news. Obviously with the trade deadline coming up this Thursday, there's been so much chatter, so many rumors, so many reports coming out surrounding this Toronto Raptors team, especially the fact that the team has been on an eight-game losing streak. But now, today, we have some official breaking news, so I'm going to play the clip before we get into it. That's right, we have some breaking news coming from Shams of The Athletic, one of the most credible reporters out there. He came out and said that the Toronto Raptors are interested in inquiring uh, Spencer Dinwiddie from the Brooklyn Nets and Rashawn Holmes from the Sacramento Kings. Now, these two guys are obviously aren't the biggest names in the NBA. The casual NBA fan might not be familiar with their skill set, their impact, and what they could bring to the table, but looking at their box scores, looking at them playing in the past from their eye test, I think they'd be a perfect fit. Those would be two guys that integrate perfectly with this Toronto Raptors roster and our plans on this team moving forward. Because as I mentioned, we have dug ourselves a significant hole currently in this season and that's not to say the team can't bounce back. And I still think this roster is strong enough. We have a lot of great guys, a lot of talented players to the point where we could easily, without making a move, sneak our way back into the middle uh, section of the Eastern Conference playoffs. We're only about four games, three and a half games back of the fifth seed as of recording, I believe. So it's it's not to say the season is a complete write-off right now. But when you consider the fact that the Brooklyn Nets look like they, they have a, a runway to the, the NBA Finals this year, obviously the Sixers and the Bucks and the Heat are looking to say something about that. But the fact that the Nets look really strong, the Raptors don't have a home court this season. They've been playing every game on the road. And the fact they're they're not playing at home, we've had a lot of injuries, we've had a lot of people out due to health and safety protocols, it's fair to say this season could be a little bit of a wash. So regardless of the fact the Raptors try to make a, a move in the direction of fighting for the mid-playoff seed or focus on next year and retooling, I think these two players would be really good in those aspects. I'm going to talk about Spencer Dinwiddie first, and Spencer Dinwiddie is a guy that I've loved. I've loved his game for a long period of time. He's a big point guard for uh, the Brooklyn Nets. He's 6'5", he's mobile, he can shoot the three, and last season he shot. He scored 21 points per game for that Brooklyn Nets team. He averaged uh, seven assists, four rebounds, obviously. He only played three games this year with uh, their new full-out core, and had significantly worse numbers, seven points, three assists. But the big reason he's on the block, the reason that he, he'd be able, the Raptors would be able to acquire him is because he's out for the rest of the season with a torn ACL. And people don't really know about his contract situation as he did have that phenomenal year last season. But obviously when you miss a, essentially a full season due to a knee injury, the, the value people might project you at is going to be a little bit lower the season after. So he has a player option for around 11 to 12 million next season. People don't know if he's going to turn that down or accept that player option specifically coming off of injury. But regardless if he takes the, the option or, uh, or leaves it, the Raptors in trading for him will retain his bird rights and be able to sign him a little bit over the cap. So that's your incentive to trade for Spencer Dinwiddie. And to get him integrated into the roster, into the Raptors culture would be great. And the thing about it is, the, the reason I'm so high on potentially trading for Dinwiddie is because the asking price for this guy is extremely low. He is a guy, you'd be able to get a 20 point per game score 
for essentially nothing. Apparently, reports have come out saying that the Brooklyn Nets are only looking for a second-round pick and a role player for in return for Spencer Dinwiddie. And that makes sense. They are not going to have the cap space to be able to re-sign him next season. And he's, he's not going to help them out. They're in absolute win-now mode. So to get any bit of value, and specifically a role player, would be a great return for a Spencer Dinwiddie type of character. So, or type of style player. So I think the Raptors could easily fork up that price in return getting a, a guy like Dinwiddie to integrate into your future. And it wouldn't affect the tank. If we're making a trade, we're getting a guy that's a 20-point-per-game scorer for next season. And he wouldn't hurt our chances on going down to the bottom of the playoffs. As for all the reasons I mentioned, if the Raptors, the Raptors are on an eight-game losing streak, we just lost to the Cleveland Cavaliers. When you lose to Colin Sexton with his crazy raging eyes going at Fred Van Vliet, right? It's a bit disheartening. We're obviously going to see the Houston Rockets play tonight. And I think this game will be very telling on how this roster plays. But he's a guy, you look to the future, he, do, he doesn't affect your draft pick situation this year. He's easily attainable. So... I would love to get, regardless if we don't make any other moves. And I'm going to talk about preface this by saying it would fit perfectly with other rumors that are going around. But getting Dinwiddie on the cheap, regardless if we don't do anything else, I think would be smart for the Toronto Raptors team. Let me know if you agree. I'll make more points as we go along later in the video. But that's my big take on uh, on Spencer Dinwiddie there. But the, the second guy that we're going to talk about is who I brought up earlier is Rashawn Holmes. And he's another guy that Shams reported that the, the Raptors be interested in. And Holmes is a guy, he's a he's a young center. I'm looking at his age right now. It doesn't say, he's 27 years old, so he fits the exact timeline of our Norman Powells, our Siakams, a little bit older than OG, but Fred Van Vliet as well. He fits that timeline. He's averaging 14 points, 9 rebounds for the Sacramento Kings. He's 6'10", he's a really big body. So he would immediately come in be the Raptors starting center and I just brought up his averages but as of late he's been an even stronger player for the Sacramento Kings he's really shown out for that team I think in a system that's not the Sacramento Kings that's not a Luke Walton coach team I know a lot of people are trashing on Nick Nurse and we haven't been he obviously hasn't been living up to the coach of the year expectations even though it's been tough with players in and out of the lineup underperforming and these sorts of things Regardless of all that, with all that being said, Nick Nurse is a significantly, significantly, a remarkably much better coach than uh, than Luke Walton. So I think he can get even more out of a Rashawn Holmes type of player. And the fact that we could just get a center, we could get a center to bring into the mix, and this would help. This obviously would uh, would uh, hurt the tank. Because the biggest problem with the Toronto Raptors right now is that we don't have anyone at center. So we're, we're reduced to fouling people down the stretch of games when they just attack the rim night after night or possession after possession. We saw that come full, full entailed in the Utah Jazz game, right? So having a big man down the stretch, down the paint that can get blocks, he's averaging about 1.6 blocks per game. He's a pretty solid defender. He's a decent passer as well. To have a guy like that just to, to really clog down the middle and... You can still run your small ball lineups, but if you're getting demolished in the paint, Rashawn Holmes can really turn that around, and then Aaron Baines could be your insurance. He's the insurance pylon. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it back here, right? He's the insurance guy. Aaron Baines is great insurance, but Rashawn Holmes would be a true traditional starting center. And Boucher, he has played remarkably. I got Baines', Baines face right in front of me now. But uh, <laughs> Boucher, he's played remarkably with Aaron Baines. Imagine him naturally playing the power forward position, coming off the bench with a Rashawn Holmes, with an actual big guy. So Boucher can 
come across the paint on defense, get some block shots. I think that's more of his true NBA role with uh, with the Toronto Raptors and with any team he, he's going to thrive on in the future. So I would love to bring in Holmes. I think his price tag will be a little bit higher. The Kings have come out and said that they're looking to win now. They don't want to trade Harrison Barnes. They don't want to trade Buddy Heald because they want to make the playoffs this season. With the play-in tournament, I, I assume this is something that's going to be around for, for a while, but uh, with the play-in tournament, they have some incentive to where even if they're not in the playoff picture right yet, there's something to strive for. And the Kings have been so bad for so long. Makes sense. I completely get it. But to get Rashawn Holmes, especially with Bagley being out, maybe, I don't think, there's no way I would want to trade Norman Powell, Kyle Lowry in a deal involving Rashawn Holmes, but maybe a couple second-round picks, a Stanley Johnson type of guy, maybe an Aaron Baines going out that way. So they still have a center in that area. Those would thing be things I could uh, I could see happening. But again, it's it's tougher. It's a tougher package to sort of divvy up. I didn't make any trade machine uh, video trade machines for for this specific video, but I think it's doable. I think it's possible, especially if you're sending in a young guy, maybe like Terrence Davis or Matt Thomas. I'm not sure what their value is, but there is clearly skills amongst those guys with an opportunity for a, a higher role with the Sacramento Kings or a team such as this. They could provide some value in a trade package, right? So I think a deal could get done. Obviously, I, I haven't whipped out the trade machine, and Holmes makes a decent amount of money, so it'll probably be two role players going out there. A couple seconds, I'd like to see that deal happen. And then in the long term, having Holmes as either your starting center or as a backup, 14 points and 9 rebounds is really solid. So having that guy come off your bench, start going forward in the future, it would be a, a really nice piece to be seen. So... Those are the two guys. The, those are me breaking down the, the two guys. And Riker, uh, he's working right now. I'm in between classes, so I've been able to record this video here now. But uh, we'll talk about this, especially when we have some context to see if we lose to the Houston Rockets, who have lost 20 straight games, because that would be a horrible look for this Toronto Raptors team. We'll talk about these guys more so in depth. But I alluded to it on uh, the, our last podcast, how there's more Kyle Lowry reports. And we just made a video on Kyle Lowry going to the Heat. So I don't want to make it its full-out own video. As uh, we'll be, I'm just made a video, as I mentioned, and I'm sure we'll be talking about it more again in the next few days. But the Heat really covet Kyle Lowry. They want to get him very badly, and the Sixers are in the same position. It's almost an arms race, because those two teams, they're amongst the four teams really fighting to come out of the Eastern Conference this year, and those two teams are, are fighting, juxting for position, and they're, they're almost in a trade war to acquire Kyle Lowry, because if one team gets him, I think that clearly puts them ahead of the other team when you're looking at the Sixers and the Heat. So it's nice that we have a bidding war going on for Kyle Lowry, and the Heat have been the most active according, I believe it's Kevin O'Connor came out and said this, but the Raptors, they said, we are not giving you the, the Kyle Lowry, we're not giving you our multi-time, the Raptors go multi-time all-star for, if, unless you're sending back either Duncan Robinson or Tyler Hero. Now, I've been sort of the opinion, there's no way the Raptors get Tyler Hero. Look at what this guy did in the playoffs last season. He's only 21 years old. How would the how would the Heat even give him up? But with his struggles this season, he shot about 38% from the three-point line last year. So, so it was really encouraging his jumper. That has fallen right off a cliff this season, shooting about 31%. His field goal percentage is down. He hasn't lived up to the hype. Obviously, he's more in the scouting reports of other teams this season. So... He's fall, fallen off a cliff. I guess the, the look 
how the Miami Heat view him is is also falling down a peg a little bit as well. Because I remember reports saying that they were hesitant to give him up in a James Harden trade, but that's how it goes with young players. But if we could get a guy with that much promise and a Kyle Lowry deal, along with the Gordon Drogics, the Kelly Olynyks that will be required to even up the cap space, I think that would be an absolute finesse. I'm, I don't want to get my hopes up too much for a Tyler Hero situation because... Again, I think that's overly optimistic to think that will happen, but I'm just saying what I'm seeing. I'm saying the stuff that's been going around Raptors land. I think it's more reasonable to expect Duncan Robinson in return, potentially with a pick attached, maybe a Precious Achua instead of a pick. And then again, with the with your other players that uh, that need to fill out the cap situation, I think Kelly Olynyk's a clear choice in terms of a guy that'll be sent back, whether it's Iguodala, Gordon Dragic, I don't know. I think they... They would rather give up Iguodala, even though Dragic and him, compared to a Gordon Dragic, and c- considering that Dragic, he is so tight with uh, Jimmy Butler. But again, if they have none, Lowry and Dragic, that's a glut at the point guard position. So I don't want to dive into the specifics of a trade like that too much, as we did that in a previous video. But if we give up Kyle Lowry, and we're not getting a point guard of the future in return, we, we're really only left with a Fred Van Vliet and then Malachi Flynn, who... I'm not sold on just yet. It's really a, a true rotation piece in the next couple of years. Maybe I'm wrong because his jumper does look smooth. And especially with young guys, it's confidence is a big thing. But to have Dinwiddie, as we brought up at the beginning of this video, brought in on a second round pick and a role player, a second round pick and Stanley Johnson and McCaw or something for, for Spencer Dinwiddie, being able to have him come off the bench in the future to play point guard or if Malachi Flynn emerges to have him be a, a shooting guard sort of position. That, that, that would be the perfect thing to get if you're trading away Kyle Lowry. That'd be the perfect guy to acquire going forward in the future. And I think with the players we'd return get in return from the Kyle Lowry deal, I don't even know if we'd end up be tanking this season. But it's these sorts of deals, Masai Ujiri's got to pull the trigger on some of these. I don't want to see Norman Powell traded and... Unless, obviously, we're getting a, an insane return for Norman Powell. I said that a thousand times in the Norman Powell deal, even though I, I uh, came up with some trade situations. I think people thought I wanted to trade Norman Powell at some point there. I don't want to move him unless we're getting a, a haul back, three firsts or something. 45% from the three-point line for Norman Powell. I think that would be a that's a guy that can command significant uh, interest in the trade market. And, obviously, people have said it has. Zach Lowe came out and said that. But if we move Kyle Lowry... We get Duncan Robinson or Tyler Hero as the main piece back. Maybe a Precious Achua. Then, obviously, a Kelly Olenek, Iguodala, or a Drogic to sort of even out the, the trade money situation, right? And then you have a Dimwitty coming in and a, potentially a Holmes. I think you do Holmes if you think this team can really make a push this playoff go around. And honestly, I could see it happening where... Obviously, Lowry is the central piece. He is a, a dollar to all these quarters or 50 cent pieces that you're getting back. But sometimes that works out. And when it's an older player, right, you don't do that with a 27-year-old. But where Kyle Lowry's 35 years old, we already have a guy playing his position in Fred Van Vliet who is looking to just become the main point guard at some point. He said that. Obviously, he's starting, so he's fine. We've re-signed him and all that. But where you have some guys in the ranks that can fill that position, you have holes in other areas... You trade that dollar piece for the the 50 cent, the 25 cent pieces in aggregate, and then watch them grow. They're younger players. They fit more your timeline. I'd love to see that. And I know I've been going long. I've been ranting here. And I'm going back to the main camera for this because I might get the OGs from a lot of people. And no, I'm not bringing up Stinky Pinky, Tingus Pingus, or whatever. But uh, 
I wanna I wanna bring up a name, and I I left. This hasn't been reported officially in terms of the Raptors being interested, even though they're attached with the Sacramento Kings. I brought up everything I've said has been reported by Sean uh, Sean O'Connor, uh, Zach Lowe, uh, Shams. This is not. I want to preface this, but if the Sacramento Kings are on the trade market, they're talking right. I think Marvin Bagley, especially if we don't go the route of when now, right? If we're we're looking to tank, maybe go for a Mobley. I know that's a guy people are really interested. And I'm going to say this, I have not watched Kate Cunningham, I have not watched Jalen Suggs, I have not watched Mobley play, I've, uh, I'm going to try and catch a few of their games now going forward in March Madness, so I, I've just been told they're good, I'm taking your guys' uh, advice and trusting that if we want to go that route, they'd be good. some good players, right? But if we're trying to tank, I just brought his name up, Marvin Bagley, the Sacramento Kings are looking to give him away for essentially, I want to say nothing. I don't want to say that they're there we could maybe get him for for nothing but i am going to say we might be able to get him on a significant steal of a of a trade because the kings he seems to have fallen out in favor we reported earlier in this or we we reacted to the reports earlier in the season that his dad wants him traded he wants him out of sacramento and the, they just tried to offer him to the Sacra, to the detroit pistons and you think okay if they're bagley a former number 3 pick he's put up decent numbers he's averaging about uh, 14 and 8 in his career. Yes, he's had some injuries, but he's still a super young guy. You think, okay, this guy is going to require something significant in return. We've talked about the return needing to be Norman Powell in the past, and obviously, I'm s- don't do not do that. Do not do that deal, what, whatnot. I'm s- saying that explicitly here, but he's out for the rest of the season. The Kings are in win-now mode. They want some young guys, and they offered him to the Pistons for Sadiq Bey, and some people might not even know who Sadiq Bey is. He's a rookie. Yes, he has some potential. Yes, he's a guy that we've seen him play a couple times with the Pistons. He's hit them some threes against us. I think he scored 20 points against against us in a game. But he's really only had a good month of NBA basketball in his career. One month. One month of, of showing promise. One month of showing there. And it's been up and down. It's been up and down. I picked him up on Fantasy. I've been following his stats closely. But the Detroit Pistons turned that deal down. They turned down Marvin Bagley for Sadiq Bey. So that tells you where the Kings heads are at in terms of trading him. They're willing to give him up for a guy that really has not shown anything in the NBA established and confirmed or anything like that. And the Pistons turned it down. I know the Pistons make poor decisions and stuff, but that shows his value across the league. So the Raptors can maybe come in with a Terrence Davis, a Matt Thomas, two other guys that have shown promise. TD was all rookie second team last year. And maybe an Aaron Baines, so they still have their center to, to fill out because uh, they'd be losing a big man to be a win-now situation. That keeps you in a position where you're not giving up assets. Maybe the Lowry deal happens, maybe it doesn't. But you get in return maybe this trade deadline. A Spencer Dinwiddie, a Mauro from Bagley, two guys that aren't going to play this season. So it doesn't affect your quest to tank. It doesn't affect the fade. Right, you get those two guys out. You get two promising players coming back next season to integrate with your core. They fit the timeline better. And I don't know. I I would love to see the Raptors acquire Marvin Bagley. I think I'm higher on him than a lot of people are. Yes, he's injury his injury history and all that. But the Raptors, they have been known to really deal well with injuries. Alex McKetney, look at what he did with Kawhi Leonard. Right, so 
that's my take. I don't want to dive too too much further into that. Let me know in the comment section if you agree. I, I'm forgetting to plug it. We'll plug it. We'll have to plug it more on the the pod later tonight. But uh, we're on the road to 20k subscribers. So tell your friends about the podcast. Especially subscribe right now because there's going to be so many videos, so many reports, so many rumors coming out that we're going to react to. So if you're interested in all that. Stay tuned to the Raptors Digest, but check us out on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all that cool stuff. You're the best for making this far. Uh, we're going to talk about this more in depth on the, the podcast tonight, reacting to the Rockets game. Hopefully, hopefully we don't lose to the, the Rockets who are on a 20-game losing streak, but, you know, at this point, maybe we just fade. Maybe we just go into the tank. We're on a tough road trip this week, so anyways, I'm signing off. Cheers.